Hey guys, it's the Wizard here. Welcome back to Conspiracy with the Toke. So tonight we're going to try a little something different tonight. Um, we got a explicit permission from a creepypasta writer on Reddit to uh, do one of his creepypasta narrations. Uh, so me and Mountain Man is going to attempt creepypasta narration tonight. Um, the title of the creepypasta will be The Day God Blinked. Um, so hopefully you guys uh, check that out um, and enjoy. On the 25th of March at 1457 GMT, the world stopped for 27 minutes and 54 seconds. No one noticed at first. Those that eventually did were ordered to keep quiet. There was no sudden jolt, no collapsing in the consciousness, no transition into utter darkness and back again. Nothing. For everyone, time had appeared to pass as normal. One second moving uneventfully into the next. Birds flew, people talked, the wind and rain blew and fell respectively. Nothing had occurred to indicate that anything untoward or unexpected had happened to the inhabitants of Earth. Only those who looked beyond our planet and its ring of constant chattering satellites and found that rest of the universe told a different story. NASA and related space agencies noticed first, Signals to ongoing missions beyond those in orbit around the Earth were all off by almost 30 minutes. Frantic investigation revealed that the same time discrepancies were occurring all of incoming signals. Naturally, they came to the conclusion that the problem must therefore lay not with those external elements, but with computers on Earth. But this led to a bigger question. One computer glitch was possible but all of the various space agency computers across the globe showing the same failure at the same time. Naturally, a virus or a sophisticated global hacking attack was the next obvious answer. An international team to investigate such a large, well-coordinated cyber attack was being discussed when the first calls of alarm came in from confused and concerned astronomers and the true significance of what actually happened to become unknown. Using data retrieved from telescopic arrays at Jardel Bank, Palo Alto, Mount Pleasant, and others across the world, confirmed against existing stellar records and computer modules of the local galaxy and beyond. It became apparent that for 27 minutes and 54 seconds, the Earth had somehow been out of sync with the rest of the known time and space. In essence, the world as we know, it had winked out of existence during this period, and then returned as if nothing had happened. For all intents and purposes, during the short window of time, we had ceased to be. The international investigation team repurposed a blank check written, given its picks of resources and the best minds in their fields, all to investigate that one event, all sworn to the utmost secrecy. None of them needed to be told the panic that would ensue if this information became public for a suitable and hopeful reoccurring reason should be given for the event. Those that couldn't keep silent were quickly and quietly silenced themselves. 
Despite the various project names assigned to the sub-teams, those involved began referring to the event in a half-joking manner as the day God blinks. In casual conversation between project members, this was eventually shortened to even further to just the blink. After six rings, Ben finally answers the door. Mark, what are you doing here? You invited me, remember? Did I? How odd. Well, I probably had a reason at the time. It's still good to see you. Anyway, come on in. I'd known Ben since childhood. We attended the same schools for a while, but his crazily high IQ led him to a fast track of higher education and beyond. We kept in touch, though. His parents were sensible enough to realize he needed some grounding in the real world and encouraged our friendship with the usual sleepovers and camping trips. Their smarts lay in forcing Ben not to let his social skills a trophy completely like a lot of very intelligent kids were. As a result, whilst he was frequently sidetracked and forgetful, he still functioned in normal society with a degree of success. After our respective schooling had finished, we both moved into the IT industry. Although a vastly different level for myself, I, I know I worked in tech support, mostly maintaining insurance systems for a range of small independent companies. Boring. But it paid well and allowed me to travel. He, on the other hand, was self-employed and preferred working with his apartment of solitude, as he called it, referring to himself as a, as a consulting technician. He'd gotten the idea from watching reruns of Sherlock Holmes. His work was a lot more varied and advanced, and whilst he never openly admitted to hacking, he certainly had enough te technical knowledge and experience to have been employed in the past by such names as Google, Microsoft, and IBM. When they needed someone to test out all the new, unshakable security they'd just put in place or track down those that had subsequently been able to breach their all-new, unshakable security. He preferred the latter work, he told me, added the thrill of the chase. Plus, it usually paid better. What was less well-known was the work he occasionally did off the books for such groups as the Department of Defense and NSA. He admitted his work for them was twofold. One, they wanted his expertise and brilliance, and two, it allowed them to keep tabs on his expertise and brilliance. He didn't mind this, as he explained once. Well, it keeps them happy knowing where I am and what I'm doing, or at least what they think I'm doing. And then he'd grin and pass me the latest decoded email he'd intercepted. He didn't do anything with the stuff he founded. He just enjoyed the challenge. To be completely honest, sometimes it was hard to pin down just who Ben was and what his motivations were from one moment to the next. I'd just grown up accepting him and his eccentricities. Quickly coming to the conclusion, his life was a complex pattern of impulses and ideas, woven together from threads that were just as much madness as genius. There was the belief that every time someone said abracadabra, angel lost its wings, or the common cold existed as a vast hive mentality that avoided detection by its elements constantly hopping from body to body. Mad, crazy shit like that. 
Half the time I thought he was joking. For the rest, I hoped that he had the common sense to rein it in in public. Then there were times he did and said things that ended up on the opposite end of that, when what he said made absolute unnerving sense. On that occasion, he spoke with a ludicity that seemed to cut through all the crap humankind had built around its certainties and beliefs, as if he'd touched on some universal truth that we should all by rights know. All I could do in those times was marvel at how someone with such a kaleidoscope for a brain entertaining such a maelstrom of contradictory thoughts constantly could suddenly bring all those elements together to produce those single blindingly white light of truth then he'd suddenly go off on a tangent accusing his neighbors of being cia agents trailing neurotoxins on the local cats and we'd be back to normal still i came to his summons despite the crazy theories and odd habits it was definitely most entertaining conversation around plus his library of <laughs> illegally downloaded films was truly a wonder to behold that he was my friend it was during a piece of work from nasa idling through their security systems looking for proof of area 51 during his time off that led him to first discover and then piece together all the facts concerning March 25th and the blink found by the international team so far. Being his only close friend, he decided to fill me in on the ongoing conspiracies, mainly so he could show off his talents once more, hence the innovation. As he spoke, he appeared completely obvious to how my face was gradually growing more and more incredulous. He described what the World Space Agency and astronomers had discovered, and how a secret scientific think tank was now investigating what had happened. Physicists, quantum theorists, mathematicians, the whole spectrum of sciences, all focused on this one problem on the question associated with it. What had happened? Why it happened? And most importantly, was it likely to happen again? And if so, what was the risk of it being permanent? He told me of the total news blackout and how any amateur astronomers or similar who came to the same conclusion were to be either brought on board treated as cranks or disappeared with extreme prejudice. Their biggest fear was a mass panic, he said, or the world's religions taking credit on behalf of their respective gods and several genocide wars kicking off in result. As he said, There's nothing more disconcerting, I guess, than not being able to trust your own reality. We've been raised in the world where it's fine to distrust your government, your employers, Heck, even your family. But your own entire existence? Definitely a recipe for chaos. Places like CERN have been placed on almost permanent hiatus. The governments of the world have no proof experiments like the ones they are doing. They are the cause. But then I suppose they had to point a finger somewhere until more evidence showed up. There's a lot of theoretical work being done now, but pretty much zero practical. I guess it's only a matter of time before they get the screenwriters in from Doctor Who to brainstorm a possible cause. He sighed at this, sat back in his swivel chair and spun around. 
gazing at the ceiling, seeming lost in thought. And he slowly came to a stop and turned his gaze to me, a mischievous twinkle in his eye.